Welcome to the Line of Sight Gaming Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 32 of the Line of Sight Gaming Podcast. My name's Chandler. I'm here with Brett. Hi. And Jaden. I'm here. You are. How's it going, everybody? We're alive. Both, both you at once. Stumble <laughs> over each other. Do it. <laughs> kind of professional podcasting that we're after uh yeah do we have news is there news um i never know there's mcp stuff that we'll talk about on the mcp podcast uh if you're a games workshop player leagues of otan are out i think we're gonna have some reviews of them soon on our website because ben's doing that mm-hmm. um which would be cool chandler's I going did. to re- review the conquest two-player box soon yes uh, I did get to see some League's models in person, and while I don't typically like dwarves, they do look dope. See, the thing that, that I find hilarious about you and not liking dwarves is the last four games that we've played together where a dwarf they, comes they, out. Yeah, people are finally figuring out how to make dwarf actions that don't look stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's like every single time you're like, oh, I don't normally like dwarves, but those are really cool. Oh, I don't normally like dwarves, yeah. but that one's sick. I don't like the Conquest ones. <clears throat> that's true. That's like the exception. That's one I don't like, but that's because they just kind of look like dwarves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you like the Ravenstone ones? Uh, I do think that they are at least unique. I, I think they they take some slightly different directions, which I appreciate. But I'm not like hugely into it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's fair. I need a weird take, or I need them to be flying airships, or That's... giant scale because you really liked the Judgment ones too. The Judgment ones were cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Basically, more content is coming. That's mm-hmm. what this really boils down to. So, what are we talking about today? What are we talking about today, Jaden? You can well, you handle it. Sure. Uh, so I'm going to have very little input on this, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's weird. Normally, I don't have any input on things. Um, so, one of the things that you get if you back us at a high enough patron level is you get to boss us around and tell us what to talk about every month. And we owe Phil for last month, and he wanted two things this month, and one of them was he wants us to talk about the game design. And I'm assuming, like, the translation, because this is the part I'm the most interested in, of Warhammer models and characters into a Magic the Gathering set, which just so happens to be coming out, like, the day this releases to everybody in the world. Yeah. So, okay, if he, yeah. Wa- if he wants a translation, that I can do. I can talk about how they're translated over. Yeah, well, I, I think that's part of it. But I don't know anything about magic. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Uh, so we'll probably have a nice little smattering of like, this is a re- really cool mechanic for this reason, and then we'll have a lot of like, lore interjections and things, and I would expect this episode to kind of be long, because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. There's what? There's four? There's four, mm-hmm. which is like 160 so just, cards that they, were They each get about nine before. minutes. Let's start. There's <laughs> <laughs> 48 new cards per deck. 41 to four. 48 yeah yep all right well uh i guess i'm in charge then so we're gonna start with the imperium deck to get it out of the way because i play chaos and xenos which tells you all you need to know about me i guess um same yeah okay before we even start talking about specific um cards i do think we should probably brush on the mechanics that they're introducing with these set or this set sets we do we need to go over what 40k and commander are uh let's do that briefly warhammer 40k is a miniatures game it's the miniatures game everybody knows uh gw more than they know any other 
game production company. It's the oldest continually running army game in the world, I think, at this point. And it it's has pretty close, at least. Yeah, yeah, and it has a huge amount of lore characters and other stuff. Uh, Commander it's, is a casual well, format. Say, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's supposed to be a like satire of like the um, kind of eighties, seventies, and eighties movement of like um, of like darkening themes and making things grittier. And yeah. it's taking to a, a pretty ridiculous extreme. Yeah, and very, very dramatically different than the theme of Magic, which is, I would say, the opposite of that in almost every way. Kinda like it depends on the kind set, of, but yeah, kind of optimism punk. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The other thing about 40k is that they wildly did not account for what computers were gonna be like. And they've had to retro that like crazy to make it make any sense at all. And it still doesn't. <clears throat> yes. Um, Commander is a Magic the Gathering format where you build <clears throat> a singleton deck out of 99 cards. They all have to be the same color as your commander, which is a legendary creature. Sometimes it's a planeswalker where uh, you pick them to be your commander and then you build a deck around their synergies. You pretty much always have access to play your commander, assuming you have enough mana. Um, and you can do some really like you can do some really cool things where like the commander is the centerpiece of the deck like um let's see marchesa the black rose is one that i'm playing right now a lot and basically she plays with plus and plus encounters and anything that dies under your control with plus and plus encounter comes back into play under your control at the end of the turn note yeah, that you so don't have to own the card <laughs> that died um <clears throat> but the deck doesn't function properly if she's not on the table uh the opposite of this would be something like the Ur-Dragon, which is just a giant dragon in all five colors. And while he's in the command zone, he makes your dragons cheaper, so you don't ever really need to play him. Um, though he is really good once he's out. Yeah, so the, the core goal of Commander is to increase the variance in a magic game so that weird shit happens. Yeah, it's also and four boy player. boy does it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's also four plus player, usually, which by its very nature increases the variance. And you're going to get to listen to me and Brett talk about ways to decrease variance because that's the kind of players we are. And uh, yeah, that's so just kind of. I do want to talk weird. about. So there is a really natural synergy between people who play 40K and people who play Commander. Mm -hmm. And I hope this doesn't come across as insulting. But the kind of person who's willing to put up with kind of flaky rules and like piecing it together with their friends and having a good time are it let's it's it's forced to have a social contract right unless you yeah. all have a bazillion dollars to throw at the strongest deck because the strongest commander decks are obscenely expensive yes uh so whereas yeah, so. which you know in the same respect that keeping up with a competitive meta in something like 40k is incredibly expensive right and yes. so there's that sense where a lot of communities really have to talk to one another about like okay how powerful are we going here yep. uh and commander definitely has that <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. And so so I think that's a really good uh, like I don't know if they did that from a game design point of view, but I think the kind of people who enjoy these games are going to overlap a lot. Probably. Yeah. <clears throat> and the other I, thing is just I mean, 40K has been around for so long and there's so many people that are extremely invested in it. It also has an obscenely deep like roster roster of art, especially to pull from. Right. Oh, and there's this some is, this is all here. new art. This is all. No, new yeah. No. Yeah. Is well, 
some of it is like copyright games workshop 1995 okay yeah well and some of these i've seen before uh stuff like the the night rampager that's like that's like out of the codex like it depends some of it's new some of it isn't but like there's a it's it's got a it's got a really strong aesthetic that a lot of people are very attached to and just the idea of having like trading cards of like models that you've painted Mm -hmm. and played and stuff or characters that you've liked through various novels and things like that like it has one of the biggest lore bases of any game like it's like this and i don't know maybe battle tech uh it's it's huge magic (laughs) and yeah well and magic novels (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie i am absolutely going to be getting out my painted models to put on top of the creatures that represent them when i'm playing yeah and like i'm not i mean i'll sound like it a little bit because i i do actually know a lot of the named characters and stuff in here but like i'm not like a huge 40k lore nut but like that's still what like that's what would make me want these decks i don't really know how strong they are i'm not good at magic but i'm like i want to play freaking lord of change like that's like my favorite model (laughs) like that's dope i want to put that Mm -hmm. on a table on a card and i think that's cool yeah uh so and then there's people like you nerds oh what hmm uh, eh, eh. sure <laughs> you want look, the good stuff <laughs> look i'm not saying that i always want to draw cards and counter everybody's spells all the time but that's exactly how i like <laughs> to play games yep. anyway um so <clears throat> with that outside let's briefly talk about some new mechanics that are being brought into these we decks one, we should do each one for the deck itself okay they all have a unique one yeah um so should we do that like all at the beginning of the deck or should we just go over them all very quickly? Definitely at the beginning of the deck. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm going to, we're going to talk about the forces of the Imperium and Brett, I'm going to hand it over to you to talk about the mechanic because you've definitely looked at this quite a bit more than I have at this point. So the unique mechanic that they, so I think each deck has a new unique mechanic they're introducing and then one they've pulled from the past. Mm -hmm. So the unique, the unique one they're introducing is called squad. Um, you can squat up as you uh, play the creature, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad we started with this one. It's basically kicker. There it is, <laughs> <laughs> kicker, kicker for creatures. So yeah, it's, actually, it's literally uh, kicker for creatures. Yeah. So squad. I think they're all squad two. Uh, I could be wrong. I but it's I you do not know, but yes, maybe. I don't see any cost, that are more. And then for each, yeah, for each time you pay it, you get a token that's a copy of it that comes mm-hmm. into play. Um, at the same time as the main creature. So most of them have like comes into play effects. And so you get however many copies you can afford. Like one of the, one of the really good ones is uh, when it comes into play, destroy uh, up to one artifact or enchantment. And so it's four mana to get a creature and destroy one. It's six mana, get two creatures and destroy two. Like it, mm-hmm. it just scales out of control really fast. Yeah. So this deck is all about tokens. And then the other mechanic that they brought back is called Miracle, which is basically if it's the top card of your deck when you go to draw for the first time that turn, you can play it for a much cheaper cost than you normally would be able to play it. Okay. All right. Um, here, time for the time for the Miracle rant. Let's go. Oh boy. Why? Do, let's just skip it. Um, <laughs> so the, the problem with Miracle is that you have to play the game differently because you know that it's some of your deck some of your deck matters when you draw it so you have to carefully put down your hand pick up a single card so that you can prove that that's the card you drew that turn yeah mm, that's true yeah that makes sense it's very frustrating um, however it's also uh this is also the colors blue white and black of 
top deck manipulation and so you're going to be able to do this like it's not baked into the pre-constructed deck but if you wanted to lean into the miracle theme it would be very 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 easy to do so um because you've got all of the top deck messing around you could possibly want i do want to point out uh, so squad in like a standard or limited less limited but in it's like a, a standard format where you're constructing your deck wouldn't be that strong because games tend to end quickly mm-hmm. commander having a creature that is relevant in the early game but you can also dump like 15 mana into mm-hmm. is extremely important yes yeah the, the ability to be uh, versatile like that is is extraordinarily hard to overstate in commander because you want to be able to play in all stages of the game um, the other thing it's designed I, to get you to the, the late yes game. yes the other thing I want to briefly mention and Wizards has done this like once or twice before um, where they where they don't have like it's not a mechanic but they put a flavor text ability on a card that then actually has rules behind it like the best example I can think of is Magecraft which is one from Strixhaven where whenever you play an instant or sorcery something happens but it's different for each card well Magecraft is caster copy. That's the caster copy. Yeah. Um, The thing about the 40k decks is that they have named abilities that are very 40k themed on almost everything. So like if you yeah, this is something I I noticed. I've never really seen this on cards. Like it like italicized text with a rule after it. Yeah. Yeah, So they did this for the first time for the fallen. Oh, not fallen. Uh, for Forgotten Realms. um, Yes. The D and D was they wanted you to they wanted to make a functional link between what yeah. the fluff they're trying to evoke and then the mechanics themselves. So like, I, I have to it's say it's not good. Just, yeah. Like, it's basically flavor text in the middle of the rules text. That's why mm-hmm. it's italicized. Yeah. But it's, it's a really, it is actually ridiculously effective at, at like conveying what you want. Like, um, hold on. So, uh, no, that's a bad, that's a bad example. Uh, so, well, like, let, let's say like Sister Repentia, right? Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a good her thing is when she dies, you get an effect and it's, it's called martyrdom. Usually a rule like that wouldn't be called anything in magic, mm-hmm. but they're just Correct. like, Hey, the flavor of this is that it's, she's a martyr for a religion, right? Like that's her mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And so, you know, that, and if you know anything about that character, you know, that that applies well to what she's got going on. Cause that's Sister Repentia. Right. Or like Zarek, which we'll talk about soon, the Silent King, his his thing is my will be done. And it's like, well, that is exactly mm-hmm. how that works in every other aspect that he shows up in. So it's pretty sweet. Um, All right. So the Imperium deck, it's a token deck, like at its core. I don't think that's controversial. Um, and they've done a lot of really interesting things about making tokens relevant. First of all, there's a bunch of things that do things when tokens come into play that are new cards, like Marnius Kalgar, who is a uh, Azorius card. He's a creature. Whenever a token comes what? into play, you draw a card. Sorry, not That's Azorius. Bad. Not bad. Um Esper. Esper. Yeah, that one. Is Azorius so, plus black. Stupid, um, stupid magic thing is that a while ago, they, they made themed names for each combination of colors, so you just have to know the translations. There's 20 of them and i'm sorry we're gonna slip into them sometimes yeah it's just gonna happen anyway um so this is marnius calgar he costs two white blue and black he's got double strike and whenever a token comes into play you just get to draw a card which is a really strong ability now it is one or more so you can't just like make 20 tokens with one effect and draw 20 cards because that'd be actually busted um is, is the first thing you do in this deck swap out the the commander 
Uh, I believe that is the correct thing to do. Yes. Yeah, 100%. So the the box commander, which is Inquisitor Greyfax, she's okay. Like, she's a good lord. She gives your creatures plus one plus zero in vigilance. But Calgar fits the theme of the deck incredibly much better than she does. He Almost all of your cards have some way to make tokens or deal with tokens. And Calgar's just like, what if all of those cards also drew you cards? And so, yeah. I guess, she, I guess the Inquisitor keeps you alive better. But. Yeah, but, eh. Like, you're playing... Yeah, I mean, like, a ma mass tokens with Vigilance isn't the worst thing in the world, right? But. No, absolutely not. And, then like, that's fine. And I think probably that they chose her as the commander out of the box because for a new player playing Magic, having Vigilance is super, mm -hmm. super useful, right? Like, it's not... It is much more impact. I, actually, this is a really important point here. We're looking at this from the perspective of we understand how powerful card draw is. A new Magic player will go, Vigilance is insane, and they won't even care about the cards. So this is a really good marketing choice and a really good design choice for the deck, considering their intended audience is probably people that haven't played a whole lot of Magic. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you're an experienced player, yeah, swap out for Calgar like the second you get it and never make the uh, Inquisitor be your commander, but... It's great for new players. Nice. All right, let's 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 pick out some fun cards. Okay. I really like Inquisitor Eisenhorn. <laughs> All right. Talk about him. So so he, he makes the miracle mechanic a lot easier mm -hmm. because he forces you to reveal the first card you draw no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so if you get a miracle card, then it's already revealed. You don't have to worry about it. And then if it's an instant sorcery, he gets True Bail of course, from the stories, uh, which is a ridiculous 4-4. It's bigger than he is. Um, yep. And then he also uh, he also has... They're trying to trick you into attacking with him. So he, he has no... He, like He's not great in combat, but if he does manage to connect, you get a bunch of clue tokens, which can be turned into cards later or turned into other effects. And yeah. I think he's just a really cool design. And it's cool that they represent Truvale as being like an immortal demon by... He can just keep coming back every turn. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you kill him repeatedly. <clears throat> You'll just get him back. And then the other thing is, like, yes, he's only a 2-3 creature, which is not particularly great. But in Commander, there's often just opportunities to swing at somebody, right? And so it's mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm going to swing at you for two. I want these tokens. It's like, no, yeah. no, no I'll hard feel, feelings. I'll, I'll heal you later. <laughs> yeah, like, here you go. Like, I'm going to help you with combat later or something. But that's a pretty sweet design. I like him a lot as well. Um, let's talk about, I'm going to talk about the Vexless Praetor because he is probably the most versatile and probably the most desired card from this deck. No, the Golden Throne is. So he's, he's behind that. Um, basically he's a three, four creature with flash and vigilance. Very good for four. Uh, and he just gives your commanders protection from everything, which so is nuts. It's very relevant that he has flash. So it's extremely common that you'll take a, a card that protects your commander like your whole deck is built around him keeping him safe is a huge deal mm -hmm. so having a creature that protects him in it's got to be the best way possible unless you're using auras but that's a stupid uh use case mm -hmm. um, but uh so like giving him protection from everything is better than indestructible yeah I, it's usually better than indestructible. usually better there are some edge yeah. cases but yeah it's better yeah. than indestructible usually and, and he's also a three four creature with flash which is really good and it makes them indestructible or uh, unblockable as well. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you get a creature out of the deal. So on the one hand, it's better because you get a creature. He stays around after he protects you. On the other hand, that makes him extremely vulnerable to, like, a board wipe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, definitely ways to deal with him. But 
I think he's just like for four one of, only one of which is colored. I think he's going to be in a ton of decks. Yeah. Well, we mentioned this before the show, but <coughs> in general, white is very weak in commander, so it's yeah. good that white's getting good cards. Oh, and hundred percent. Um, the Golden Throne's dumb. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, okay, fair enough. Yeah, the Golden Throne is going to be like it's not jeweled lotus good, but it's very good. It's going to be in a lot of commander decks. I really like Reaver Titan. <laughs> All right, talk about Reaver Titan. So Reaver Titan, so inst so it's it's just a big vehicle. So the way vehicles work in Magic is you have to have other people like crew them to get them to go off. Mm -hmm. So the reason I like that in Commander is that they spend a lot of their time not being creatures. Creatures are the most vulnerable things on the table in general. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's really cool that uh, he like it's this huge thing that stays safe. And, and then can go in and, like, do a big thing. But normally they have some, like, you know, trample or, like, some way to ignore creatures. This one has the coolest version of both of those. So first off, it has protection from mana value less than three. So it, it can't be touched by cheap things. Or so, tokens, no matter how big they are. Correct. So, yeah. It, it's, it's immune to tokens, can't be blocked by them, can't take damage from them, and can't be targeted. So often when a big creature like this comes out, the first thing that happens is they play their like two mana kill spell mm -hmm. and it just disappears. Well, mm -hmm. they can't they can't do that. Yep. And then the other I, I just really like that when it attacks, it does its damage up front, and then it, if it gets through for the extra ten, great. Yeah. No, I think this is a really interesting card and I, I suspect as there's a lot of different vehicle commander decks out there right now that this is going to be real high up there in, in terms of things that they'll want to get. Um, also, I really like that it's got like the synergy with the theme of this deck is the tokens, right? Um, I like that it's got crew four, which is conveniently pretty much always like exactly two tokens. Mm -hmm. And so you can just crew it with two things that you made this turn that have summoning sickness anyway, and then send it on its merry way. Yep. Which is pretty darn nifty um so let's also talk about celestine because this is another card that i think is going to be really really good uh, a few reasons for this first of all again and this is kind of a theme very few of these cards require multiples of any one color which is very 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 strong oh because because their mana bases suck yeah yeah their sense. mana bases are not great but that means that in their inclusion in all the other decks that you'll maybe take them out and put them into they're just yeah. ridiculously easy to play that's very very strong it's hard to like i think that if this card was released as a normal card it probably would be three and two white but because of of this deck's like mana requirements and being a pre-constructed deck that has to be good it's only four and one white which is a big difference in terms of castability in multicolor decks um, so she's a three, four flyer with lifelink. There's a couple relevant parts of her, of her creature types. Being a human is very strong in white. Being a warrior is also very strong. There's a lot of like warrior or human effects that overlap in, in various kinds of ways. And then basically she just gets to bring back a creature from the graveyard that has less, uh, casting cost than the life you gained this turn. Life gain is one of the most popular commander strategies out there because it feels good to gain a bunch of life. I suspect she's going to see a lot of play. And very relevant that she can both empower her own ability with lifelink and mm -hmm. you can get the the rewards from her on the turn you play her if you've yeah. healed from something else. Yeah, both of which are massive. So I, I, would, I would be definitely looking at this card and going, ooh, for the future. 
Um, are there any other That's things it. we want to talk about? Oh, I want to talk about and they shall know shall know no fear, because okay. uh, I like the flavor. So and they shall know no fear. Really? Yeah. That's like they don't break. That's the thing of the space. Like that's the space marine. It's, it's a it's a rule. It's a quote from the emperor yeah. that is like very well sure. known. Sorry, and, yeah. I, and I, I gotta I gotta I, I keep forgetting that I don't care about the, the GW aesthetic. Yeah, space but, space uh, space marines have a rule in which they ignore modifiers to combat attrition. Yeah, uh, so they're hard to make run away. Yeah, and so yeah. what this does is it's an instant across <clears throat> white one, which is very good. Uh, you choose a creature type, and then all those creatures get plus one plus zero and indestructible until end of turn. Um, this is a ridiculously powerful ability that tons and tons of tribal decks are going to want. It's perfectly on brand for Space Marines too, um, being like, "Yeah, we're we're space, we're the angels of death, right?" And it's going to join a select few other really powerful protection spells that are out there right now. Like, um, is it called Heroic Intervention? The green yep. one. Hexproof and indestructible for like everything you control, um, and then Teferi's protection, both of which are staples in in the format. And I think this is very much going to be one of those. Oh, I agree, it's going to be a staple. Yeah, I just like to point out that there is a rule called fear, and they know it. Like they, they're <laughs> affected by it. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that's uh, the... see, if I was designing it, that's the deep cut I would make, where it's like they can block as if they're black creatures. That's fair. Like, Why the fuck did you print that? <laughs> what, a, what a bizarre <laughs> <specific>. <laughs> that's, that's funny. All right, fair enough. That would that would make it better. I I concede that point. Well done. Um, so overall, I think this is probably the weakest or second weakest of these decks, and that's like humongous praise because it's very very good. I think this is a fantastic starter deck for like anybody that wants to play commander. Um. Yeah, maybe at some point I'll do like an upgrade article for some of these, but it's mostly going to be like invest in some shock lands and some fetch lands, and you'll be good. Well, yeah. Love yeah. Case. Yep. All right, let's talk about Necrons. Actually, that's not true. Necrons are not going to be investing in shock lands and fetch lands because they don't need them much. The Necron deck is insane. Yeah. Okay, so the Necron deck is, I think Brett and I both agree that this is probably the strongest commander deck that wizards has ever printed ever i don't i mean i don't have any basic comparison okay i personally think it's the strongest (laughs) deck that wizards has ever printed ever uh brett do you want to talk to us about the unique mechanic that necrons get so i i don't i think the unique mechanic is just that all of their creatures are artifacts yeah and 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 they talk about the graveyard a lot which That's is the true. other there's a lot of reanimation so mm-hmm. there, there's no like new thing that they introduced because this is all stuff that they've done before mm-hmm. but it's like every single creature is an artifact mm-hmm. and so they can get a lot of artifact synergy and a lot of graveyard synergy and yes. that's what the faction's all about yeah and that's like a perfect port for the lore like necrons reanimate crap that's a black thing um they care a lot about um like everything is an artifact which is obviously like this deck is just everything's an artifact and they, and they quite literally are artifact creatures oh yes. actually there is one creature in here who's not an artifact oh oh really who mm-hmm. the satan oh right the katans aren't yet because they're, they're... <laughs> they're they're star vampires yeah okay yep. fair enough but yeah whatever they barely count as necron anyway if you really think about mm-hmm. it 
Well, and I think that's one of the huge advantages this deck has is that so the the Force of the Imperium theme is trying to do Space Marines and Guard and Adeptus Sororitas. Mm-hmm. Whereas Necrons, like, they've got one Satan and then it's all the same. No, no, there's theme. there's two there's two Catans. There's the Deathbringer oh. and the Void Dragon. Oh, the Void yeah, Shard of the Deathbringer and the Void Dragon. So this is just a random thing, but with that in mind, I find it funny that their name is Death has a picture of the Void Dragon on it and it would kill the Void Dragon. <laughs> uh Word. Yeah, yeah, it would. That's really it funny. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> that art's Although, really similar too. <laughs> to be yep. fair, to be fair, they do have multiple ways to make things into artifacts in this deck. So, that's not ex- necessarily going to kill it. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's biotransference, right? Creatures yeah. you control are artifacts. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, so this deck is just uh, brutally efficient creatures that interact with the graveyard. Uh, lots of excellent uh, like equipment, in- including a couple really interesting new uh, cards, um, and then some good removal spells, some interesting tech pieces, and then you know just really efficient things that are hard to get rid of. Like they've got on Earth, they've got ways to bring things back from the graveyard. Um, actually, a lot of things have on Earth. I guess that would probably be their other mechanic. Oh, you're right. right. That's that's probably the old mechanic they brought back. Yeah, yeah. Which is they come back from the graveyard and then disappear at the end of the turn. And they disappear at the end of the turn, no matter what you do with them. So yeah, um, I guess like there's so a, it's there's interesting a t- that this. Sorry, deck, go ahead. So we talked how your your deck has to be all the same color as your commander. Well, this deck's commander is just one color, so the whole deck has to be either black or colorless. Mm-hmm. And so the mana base is really easy. It's lots of swamps. And so there's a lot of cards in here that are like, if you have a bunch of the same basic land, which is very unusual in commander, then yeah, but Jesus has 30 swamps in it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's about as many as you need. That's yep. very funny. Yeah. So, although, so go ahead. It, instead of buying the shock and fetch land, the first thing you buy is Cabal Coffers, Cabal Coffers. and Urborg. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, uh, I guess they're bugs. You just you just buy her you just buy Urborg anyway. Like if you're if you're just gonna go for it, you you might as well. It's Urborg turn turns literally everything into a swamp rather than mm-hmm. practically everything. Yep. Um. So I guess we'll talk about some interesting cards. This this deck has by far the most ridiculous selection of new stuff I think in it. Um. So, Brett, do you want to go first? I don't have one. Okay. Cool. I want to talk about. Do do I want to talk about biotransference because I think this card's insane. So biotransference. I think, I think either half of it will be playable is the funny part. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely nuts. So first of all, it's an enchantment, which is weird, because there's three of them in this deck, and this is one of them. It costs black black two, and it says creatures you control are artifacts in addition to their other types. That by itself is not that unusual. There's a bunch of things that do that. The next part, however, is insane. Uh, the same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield, which is your deck, your graveyard, and an exile. Oh, at least it's only creatures. Which yeah. really doesn't hit vehicles. I guess they're all artifacts anyways. Yeah. I think it's important that it's just creatures, honestly. Like <laughs> They're spell artifacts. What do you mean? This would be... Spell art- <laughs> uh, God, Trazen would... <laughs> I don't even understand what would happen. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's really powerful, but that's not all of it either. Because whenever you cast an artifact spell, you also lose life and create a 2-2 Black Necron Warrior Artifact Creature token. Speaking of which, there's going to be tokens in these decks, and I bet the art for them is sick, and we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we have. 
Have we? Okay, I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Okay. Either way. Anyway, uh, so this is an insane card. Um, there are a huge number of combos that probably key off of this. Uh, there's definitely a few infinite loops that I can like piece together the vague ideas of out of two or three cards, and there's probably some that are just definitely like bananas with this. Um, and even at its very worst, it says every time you cast a spell that's a creature, you get another creature, which in Commander is really good. And you start with more life in Commander, so mm -hmm. losing a life for every spell is not a problem. Yeah, no, not even close. So I think it's the most unique effect in this deck, I think. Um because nothing else in the game makes the cards in your deck into other card types, I don't think. Uh, what? Uh, no, they usually change color or creature type. Yeah, they, they change color or creature type, but they don't change into artifacts, right? So, so here, here's why that's relevant to me. Like, think about Tinker with this. Yeah. So, fun fact about the game. Uh, an easy way to... So, like, if you see a card printed in Standard and it looks like it doesn't do anything, but it says the word artifact on it, usually that's going to break the unlimited formats. <laughs> and, so, and so that's exactly what this card is. So just assume it's going to break the unlimited formats. Yeah. Commander. So uh, one thing I just want to throw out there because I think it's hilarious beyond words. Um, so Tinker is a spell that costs two and a blue, and it says sack an artifact, search a deck for an artifact, and put it into play. Um with this card in play, that literally turns any artifact you control into whatever creature you want from your entire deck for three mana. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, the maybe not even the most abusive thing you can do with it. Like, I feel like that's on the tame end of things. No, that's only going to happen once. Yeah, there's, there's many more, <laughs> much worse things that you could do. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, let's talk about Out of the Tombs, because it's also interesting, because it's an alternate... Uh, way to play the game almost um so first of all for those of you that don't know this about necron lore basically they all kind of went to sleep some many million years ago and they went to sleep in tomb worlds which are literally what they sound like and so when they all started waking up again they like came out of the ground in places that were highly populated by other people in many cases and killed them all so this is their sort of wake-up call what it does is every turn you put two counters on it and then mill equal to the number of Eon counters on it. Milling is when you put the top card of your deck into your library or from your library into your graveyard, um, which is a very powerful effect if you build your deck around this idea because sometimes putting things into your graveyard is more useful than putting them into your hand. Mm -hmm. um, and then especially the other thing, deck. especially in this deck, and then the other thing is if you would draw a card while well, your library has no cards in it, normally you lose the game, but this gives you an alternative. And what it says instead, put a creature from your graveyard into play. And then if you can't do that, then you lose. So you can just eventually get to the point where it's like, well, every turn I get to cast a creature from my graveyard for free. And I'm still not losing the game from this. And there are like, obviously, if you exile the graveyards, this is bad. But... It's definitely an interesting piece, both in this deck and in Commander as a general format, because it's so weird, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's gonna, it's going to put you in danger of losing very quickly. Mm -hmm. But it could also just not. Well, so I think the funny thing about Out of the Tombs is that most of the time what it's going to do is be like, 
Oh, I've almost milled myself out. Look, I'm going to mill myself out. Oh, I got removed. Oh, I'm screwed now. Yeah, that's true. That can definitely happen. <laughs> Although being an enchantment does make it a little bit safer, as there's a lot less specific enchantment removal in most decks than there is other stuff. Most of my decks only have like one to two pieces, and so you got to find okay. that. Okay, I found my card. Okay, talk about it. What is it? It's it's Ghost Arc. It oh. says, when it, be when it becomes crude, so when you turn it into a creature... Each artifact creature card in your graveyard gains unearth three until mm -hmm. end of turn. So you, mm -hmm. you just bring your whole deck back with it. Okay, mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> sick. Uh, Chandler, do you want to talk about what Trazen is like in the lore, and, and we'll talk about what his card is like? Because I think yeah, he's, he's I was actually nuts. gonna say Trazen looks incredibly interesting. So I always I do have a soft spot for artifact decks. I just always have. Um, Trazen looks like a blast. <laughs> Like, I would want that as my commander, just have him out all the time. Cause, I, I think like, this is another one of those cases where your <laughs> commander should not... If you're an experienced player, your commander should not be the commander that comes with the deck. It should be... The, oh, he looks terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I ran up in Red Silent King. I was like, that's a card. Yeah, he's but, okay. But yeah, Trazen is definitely yeah. more interesting. I guess the main thing with Silent King is he's, like, not very expensive. Yes. But anyway. Uh, so, yeah, Trazen. Um yeah, so Trazen's kind of funny. He gets kind of joked at as being like the the Pokemon master of the 40k universe. His whole deal, he's he's like barely a Necron in that he kind of doesn't really hang out with the faction all that much. In fact, from what I understand, most Necrons don't like him. <laughs> like they they would they want him to be dead because he's just a pain in the ass most of the time. <laughs> um, but he has a tendency to just show up in weird places and collect like artifacts of various parts of history. Um, there's some bits of like going through i don't remember if it was in a book but of like going through his collection and he's got just the most bizarre shit he has like stuff from like medieval earth <laughs> like because <laughs> just showed up at some point and took some shit including like people uh and just has them like frozen uh stuff like that um but uh so what this kind of goes into so a as a creature right so he's he's a four six with death touch uh, what Death Touch attaches to is, I, I believe anyway, that they're going for with the, the lore here is that um, one of the things he is known to do is he will find beings he finds interesting, usually like important named characters in the lore. And he has a little device that he can capture them in. And this is why he gets kind of called the Pokemon Master. He There, there is Pokeballs. <laughs> uh, whoever he captures in them is like mind controlled by him. Mm -hmm. Um and he can throw them back out and use them. And so I was curious if that's a route they would go. And it wasn't really. But they kind of just got the like he can sort of just delete someone aspect via mm -hmm. Death Touch. Because he just sort of captures you. It doesn't really matter how powerful you are. Um, the direction they went with him is his ability Prismatic Gallery. So they went more for the collector aspect. Like the, the collector of artifacts aspect of Trazen. Which is that uh, as long as he's on the battlefield, he has the activated abilities of every artifact card in your graveyard. So this goes into him kind of like, oh, your artifacts weren't actually destroyed. Trazen kind of just showed up and like took them. Mm -hmm. And so he's got them all. <laughs> right. But the thing is, and, and based off of, I mean, this is even just within the deck itself, right? This is every creature, right? If they have an activatable mm -hmm. ability, like he has access to it. Yeah. Um, and, but even outside that, I would be very curious to see I think the only thing really limiting him is, I guess, just being mono black. But like, other than right. that, I, I feel like there's other decks where you can do some really goofy shit with this so, guy because artifacts do some funny stuff. I'm reasonably confident that if you can put a couple or three specific cards in your graveyard, he can make infinite mana on his own, just mm -hmm. like by himself. Oh, easily. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I think I think the thing about Trazen is that it requires a little bit of setup, but it can almost all be done at instant speed, and then he can make infinite mana and do infinite damage on his own. He is a creature, though, so you would need he is to a creature. haste. Yeah, so you need some way to do that. That's that's the big problem with him. But he's an interesting Rube Goldberg machine in that respect, uh, and maybe not as a commander, but definitely in some other decks, I think he could be horrifying. Well, I mean, even like just as like uh, an example, right, is biotransference that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Liter- I mean, and literally any, if you can make a deck that has black on the commander to be able to shove these cards in there, mm-hmm. any creature he can gain its activatable abilities. Yeah. Right. And that's, that that's a lot of options. I <laughs> there's, love, a, there's a lot of cards in Magic. I love that if the the hold on, where did it go? Where did it go? Where did it go? It's the it's Lich Guard. I love that if Lich Guard in the graveyard, he's really really hard to kill. Because I correct me if I'm wrong here, Brett, but Lich Guard's ability is three black, three and a black sacrifice Lich Guard, which would be, I guess, Trazen at that point. Yeah. So when when a card says its own name in the text, it means this card. Yeah. And then return all legendary creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. So, like, if you target with him with some kind of exile or removal spell and Lich Guard's in the graveyard, him, you basically you can, bounce him back in your hand, right? Well, yeah, yeah he, you just, like, goes to the graveyard as a cost. And then, and then the effect would trigger and put him back in his hand, yeah. Which would be... That's pretty funny. Pretty interesting. Like, there's a whole bunch of cute little things like that in here that I'm just like, ooh. Yeah. I, I think he would definitely be a commander just because you make you put in... You know, thirty weird shit like that. Yeah, all <laughs> <Yeah>. the <laughs> deck. Just make him a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So I think I think the Necron deck is going to be absolutely fascinating, and I'm super excited to play with these. Um, I'm getting one of each to to play, just like as they are for a little while first. But yeah, yeah, I I think these decks look like an absolute blast out of the box. Yes, like yeah. And as somebody, I just play precons pretty much. Like I don't buy cards; I just buy a precon and play it because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, these look dope, and I want the chaos one real bad. Yeah. And I think that that's actually the coolest thing about these decks is that I'm willing to play a format that's just these four precons. Yes. And it's like I don't I don't need to worry about balance or power yeah. level or whatever. And I there's and there's multiple there's multiple commanders in like what every deck. Every deck has at least but, yeah. Every deck has at least every deck a has two. Yep. Yeah, like, yeah. And, I mean, chaos. I'm looking at it. I'm like, there's like four guys I would put in charge of this deck. Oh, well, they, they, all have to, they have to be blue, black, red, though. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you do have to have so all three. Which two. is it's him and Bellicor. Yeah. 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 I, the Necron deck has like five because there's a bunch of legendary creatures. Well, because it's because it's mono, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Literally yeah. any anything that says legendary on it, just toss it up there. Yeah, that's funny. So. Yeah, I am. I'm really, really excited about these decks, and I do think that, like, legitimately, I may just leave them completely untouched. And if somebody wants to get introduced to Commander, I'll be like, "All right, we're gonna play these decks because yeah, they're really cool. Well, they're extremely easy to reconstruct, right? Mm-hmm. They all, they have unique art <laughs> and that's unique true, little, like little triangle thing. Yeah, for the vast mm-hmm. most part, yeah, yeah. Can we? Do we get to talk about chaos? Yeah, we get to talk about chaos yeah. now. I don't yeah. care about all these other dumb factions. <laughs> oh, well, then we should talk about Nids first, so that you have to wait. But well, okay. I actually do own some Tyranids, though, so at least I, I have some slight amount of investment in their existence. That's fair. Oh, they uh, have Gearson Scarn. No, Tyranids are dumb. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that guy. All right, <laughs> screw uh, that dude. <laughs> well, uh, Chaos is a chaos red, blue, black deck, which is oh, absolutely the f- perfect. These cards are 
dripping with flavor. Mm-hmm. It's so this is what I love about Chaos. It has one of the strongest just flavors to me, and they it also this deck also has the biggest flavor fail. So speaking yeah. of speaking of deep cuts, okay. so they they have a six six for six. They have a seven seven. Oh no, wait, what's oh yeah? They have someone who says seven on their card twice. Mm-hmm. No, three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a card with the number eight on it, and it draws eight cards and does eight damage, mm-hmm. and then nothing for nine. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, Lord of Change has absolutely no connection to the number nine. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he could have had Ward nine. Yeah, I mean, screw it. Yeah, sure. What's he got Ward right now? Three. It's what they did is they gave him three of a bunch of things, oh, which is like it's such a it's a cop out. Right? Yeah. Oh, he only has two threes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's super lame. He should have had a third. Anyway, aside from that fail, this deck is absolutely incredible flavor-wise, and it's really cool mechanics-wise, too. Yeah, they got the good uh, Abaddon art, too. Yes. So, so go ahead, the Brett. mechanics are Cascade, mm-hmm. which is chaotic. So the Cascade is when you play this, you flip cards from your deck until you get something cheaper, and then you get that for free. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, so it's supposed to represent mutation. So like the Aspiring Champion, when he dies, you essentially Cascade into a new thing. Yep, uh, or like the Lord of Change, not the Lord of Change, the um, the other Zeech. Kairos, Harold, Harold's Zeech. So Harold, you Harold's. play them, yeah. and then something else comes with them. You mm-hmm. have no idea what's going to be. Yep, and then they they also have a lot of um, like exile and replace. So like Chaos Warp is a classic uh, mm-hmm. commander card, but they also have the super new version of it, Chaos Mutation, where you get to do it for each player, where mm-hmm. you get rid of their Get rid of one of uh, it has to be creatures. You get rid of a creature of each of them, and then flip the top card, and they get that instead. Yep, which is pretty dope. Um, it's also the first place ever in Magic history with a functional demons tribal theme, which is so cool. Um, I went looking because I was curious when we saw Bellicor and we didn't know what was else was in the deck. The rest of the demons in Magic history, for the vast most part, suck super bad. <laughs> like really really bad have no synergy with each other and are all expensive like seven cost six six flyers except for the one that's banned <laughs> except for the one that's banned and probably good because good heavens i cannot imagine gristlebrand in this deck Ugh. uh anyway yeah. so yeah there's a lot of really cool things going on here so it is red blue and black there's a lot of removal there's a lot of like deck manipulation for a precon at least like they've got brainstorm in there which is pretty darn Wild. good well brainstorm's a fair card as long as it matches right yeah <laughs> that's true and then it's got like a whole bunch of different like weird exile stuff yeah it's, it's not true not in a deck with cascade oh in a deck with cascade yeah brainstorm's not a fair card never mind um <laughs> and then just oh, a whole bunch of things man. yeah that uh that, that like blow things up or exile things or mess with stuff um in weird ways which is very they, very cool they also have the most uh, board wipes, right? Yeah, they have like three. Yeah, I mean, Blasphemous, if, if it's being if it's if it's being run by Abaddon, it should just be drowning in board wipes because that's his entire existence is mm-hmm. killing everything that exists. So, and yeah. that's all he's here for. And the cute thing they did was they made all the board wipes have extremely high mana value. So even though my yeah. Blasphemous Act is cheap to cost to cast, you won't accidentally pull it when you With just a cascade. play a creature. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and then wipe your whole board accidentally. Yeah, that's a really, really yeah. good design choice, actually. Yeah, like, I was thinking about how I'd upgrade this deck, and I was like, well, I put in um, Toxic Deluge, and I was like, actually, do I want that in this deck? I'd <laughs> that sounds extremely dangerous. <laughs> yeah. 
Because that's why Cascade is my favorite mechanic. Because I love what it does to deck building. Mm. So, like, the Cascade deck I was building, it's, like, four cards that cost less than six. And then the commander says when you cast something that mana value is six or more, it, it gains Cascade. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, you play this 12, this 12 mana thing that only cost you two, and you're hoping to, like, go down the whole chain. Yeah, which would be it's just, absolutely it's sick. Just, yeah, it's just so fun to look for those weird cards where the mana value doesn't match what you pay and you're like you're trying to like okay i I gotta i gotta get enough a ratio to go from high to low Mm -hmm. yeah i I think honestly out of all of the decks this one looks the most fun to customize to me um like because there's just so many interesting things to do that's because it's pulled in the most direction so that's why i said it was strong about the necron thing it's like they're doing one thing that's artifacts that are coming back from the graveyard Mm mm-hmm the chaos deck is chaos. Like one one quarter of the deck is like I want to cast a bunch of spells. One quarter of the deck is like I want uh, opponent's creatures to die. One quarter of the deck is like uh, messing with your opponent's creatures, like trying to mind control them. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like just like big creatures that attack. Yeah. <laughs> yep. My it's first a good thing to do. The big creature that attacks and then goes and fights for your opponent for a while. Oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, so um, let's talk about Abaddon, I guess, because he's sick. Uh, He's red, blue, black, two for a 5-5, which is already pretty decent. He's got Trample. Awesome. Uh, During his ability is called Mark of Chaos Ascendant, and it says during your turn, spells you cast from your hand with manual value X or less have Cascade, where X is the total amount of life your opponents have lost this turn. Um, This is really easy to get kind of nutty with not a ton of investment in commander if you have three opponents because if you ping everybody for two somehow that's just six i mean even if he just turns sideways and does five damage Mm -hmm. like that's gonna win a lot of games (laughs) yes uh so that's a really really strong ability and the thing is i actually think he's probably the commander that i leave in place out of all of these um swarm lord's way better i was just about to make the same same statement (laughs) oh yeah swarm lord fair enough but um like there is a strong argument to put bellacor in as the commander too because he's very very interesting we'll talk about him in a sec but yeah i think you're playing you're just playing a slightly different play style right yeah what i really like about abaddon is that he tricks new players into getting a card draw effect because they don't realize it's card draw (laughs) they're like oh i get free stuff so like no you get to draw a card (laughs) (laughs) yes and you'll like it, dang it. Um, so yeah, he's really, really excellent. Uh, Bellacor is the first functional demon commander, I think. He's six for a six five with flying, which is a demon. That's they're always six for a six power and flying. I don't know why. I've numerology. Yeah. When he comes into play, you draw X cards and lose X life, where X is the number of demons you control, which is a sick ability. That is a really strong end of the battlefield ability. Um, and then he has pandemonium for demons. Whenever another demon enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to its power to any target, which is absurd. <laughs> uh, most of the creatures in the deck, fun fact, are demons. Like there's, yeah, a, except for the ones that die into demons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or there's like some mutants and stuff. But the vast majority, or the demons is... that die and turn into more demons. Yes. <laughs> So That's, that was the creature. That was the card I was going to bring up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I I think Bellacor is actually going to be a hugely popular commander in his own right because Demon Tribal is a thing that hasn't existed because they suck, and this deck has like the Herald of Slanesh, which makes all demons cheaper and gives them all haste, which is 
awesome or like other things that care about having more demons in play and doing stuff with demons and i think we're gonna see some really interesting things come out of this yeah i want to talk about the uh the pink and blue horrors okay because these are a stupid stupid design that has plagued the game since like the 70s and they keep trying to make it work and it's so funny that they're they're, they're shoving it into magic and it's having all the same problems so the whole thing with Zinch pink horrors is that when they die, they split in half into two blue horrors, which mm-hmm. is just very stupid. Like, can you imagine that on a tabletop game? You have to buy like triple the amount of models you want because you have to like replace everyone that dies with two of them. And you need a rule for how they like, like how do you displace them? It's like, mm-hmm. I have, <laughs> I have 40 pink horrors. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, they make a new version of these every edition. They keep Yeah, trying. they they totally rework how they work in two different games. Yeah. <laughs> they're in 40K and Age of Sigmar and they work differently in both cuz they're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, this is like one of the most patched units in all of existence. They just they've tried to fix them so many times. And yeah, it's similar here where you can see how it, stupid they would get. I think it actually works here where it's like Yeah. You get, you know, you get the main one. It's a 4-4 that does two damage whenever you cast an instant or sorcery. And then when it splits, you get two <clears> half <throat> versions of that that do exactly the same thing. So mm-hmm. it's a 2-2 yeah. that does one damage. And that's great. And you just they just include <laughs> the, the two blue tokens, and they're just done. <laughs> now, yep. where, this, where this card gets out of hand, imagine copying this card. <laughs> yeah, make more of it. Yeah. Well, and especially cuz we're in the colors of spells that copy creatures. So yeah, you can you, there's like a do. couple dozen of them and you can just be like, "All right, I'm going to copy this thing 5 times and now every time I cast a creature, like I'm going to nuke something or a spell, sorry. I'm going to nuke something yeah. for 10. No big yeah. deal." And this is the spell slinging colors. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then like, "Oh god, there's they're growing out of control. Let's wipe them out." It's like, "Oh no, they just they doubled instead." <laughs> Yep. It's actually, yeah. it becomes more flexible all of a sudden. I can target yeah. different things. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Unless they exile all of them. Yes. yes. Are Which, you farewell? I love that card. I have like eight <laughs> of them because I love it so much. I, I would like to point out that uh, Vesuvian du- Duplomancy, mm-hmm. uh, one of the new Dominary cards, I snap bought. <laughs> so yep. I'm like fucking copying creatures and instants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um,. Let's talk about Bloodthirster because he's hilarious. Yeah, I was uh, reading that card. That I looks very funny. Karn's even more hilarious. <laughs> well, I'm saving. Well, Karn for sure. sheer hilarity, Karn, I think is probably <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so silly, but yeah. So the Bloodthirster is the corn demon of demonness. Uh, he's six for a six six flying trample. Very good. That's a demon right there. Whenever he deals combat damage to a player, you get to untap him. And after this combat phase, there's an additional combat phase. Uh, and he can't attack a player. It has already attacked this turn. Now, the thing about that last clause there is that if you blink him and have haste on the table somehow, um, he's a new creature and he hasn't damaged those players yet. So it is actually possible to go infinite with this guy. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, because yeah, you'd have yeah, to, you'd you're to do playing, another. You're playing Boros. You can do, you can do whatever you want. I mean, Boros is red white. I'm not famously. Play- yeah, I'm not playing this guy in Boros. I will absolutely play this guy in like red, black, blue, just like he's supposed to be. Well, then you're not blinking him. You can blink him in blue. There's lots of blink effects in blue. Yeah, they must be old. No, there, there's um the 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 the, the Dead Eye Navigator. 
That's an old, that's a really old card. Is it really? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like Ixalan. Okay, fine. Anyway, so there's lots of blink effects <laughs> in blue, uh, which will let you like flicker this guy as many times as you want. And there's lots of ways in red to give it haste. So it's theoretically possible to go infinite with the, just this creature and kill the table if they don't have any flyers. Which is sick. Honestly. Um, all right, talk about Karn because you want to. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> He's yeah. so stupid. Also, just like uh, random interjection, the fact that there are now two characters named Karn in Magic that I have to think about is going to give me a headache. <laughs> no, this one's Kaharn. Kaharn. And the other one's I'm pretty sure there's multiple characters named Karn in 40k, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, Karn, I know this is probably what Brett was supposed to talk about, but Karn is funny, because this yeah. card makes me laugh. I don't know if he's good, but he's very funny. He's uh, it's gotta be. Yeah, he got, he got red in three. He's a berserker, which means he has to attack or block every combat, because mm -hmm. he's a very angry boy. <clears throat> When you lose control of him, you get two cards. What a weird thing to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why is he relevant? So, yeah, you draw two cards when you lose control of him. He has a rule, so he is called Karn the Betrayer for a reason. If damage would be dealt to Karn the Betrayer, prevent that damage, and an opponent of your choice gains control of Karn. So, very he's a 5-1, by the way. Yeah, very likely what's going to happen is you're going to draw two cards off of him, and then you're never going to see him again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the funniest thing to do with him is to give him the assault suit, which hilariously is a card that existed in Magic before this, where uh -huh. he can't attack you or anything you control, and they can't sacrifice him to like mm -hmm. just get him off the table. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he's he's always running around, he can't hurt you, and he's just like bouncing between your opponents. <laughs> which yep. is pretty dope. That's very good. You can also like Blink him, and he comes back into play under your control if you absolutely have to. Also, Brett, we both forgot that Jeskai exists, and Jeskai would absolutely be able to blink uh, the Bloodthirster yeah. and go bananas with that, and Karn mm -hmm. as well. It'd just be weird. <laughs> White and red and blue with demons. I guess. Feel right. I guess blinking him wouldn't trigger the drawing two cards thing. Uh, nope, because he would still be under your control. Right, so he's a ludicrous astral slide illusion. Yes. Yep. Uh, my next favorite card from this deck is the Horus Heresy because I was actually just reading that because I was like, how did they translate that? What a bizarre ass card. <laughs> so um, full disclosure, I love this card because it's the same colors as my Marchesa deck and it's perfect for my Marchesa deck and it, I'm getting one for my Marchesa deck. Um, it costs six. One of each of the Grixis colors in three. It's a saga, so it's an enchantment. When it comes into play, it puts a counter on it, and every time you, after you draw a step, you put another counter on it, and you do the thing that it says you've got the counters for. So, and then, fun fact. Mm -hmm. This this is the original design for Planeswalkers. Really? Yeah, so they wanted Planeswalkers to represent, like, they're they're just as powerful as you, so they're just kind of doing their own agenda. So, yeah, they, they like this, and they're like, that kind of sucks. It doesn't feel like it feels like they're like doing a drive-by like hey, how you doing <laughs> drop off a creature see ya <laughs> yeah so the first thing that it does when it comes into play is for each opponent gain control of up to one target non-legendary creature that player controls as long as you've got the horse heresy which basically means two two more turns after this um that's a really powerful effect 
it's six mana, so that's not great, but it's a powerful effect. The second part is draw a card for each creature you control but don't own. And this is where it goes nuts with my Marchesa like desires because she controls like half the board usually and most of the things on there are not things that you own. So that's fun. Um, and then starting with you, each player chooses a creature and you destroy each creature chosen this way is the third part of this. And that's just really funny because it lets you kill four it, things. Kind of. Yeah, I... I love the flavor of this card is really good. Mm -hmm. It it fits really well because the whole idea of the horse heresy was a whole bunch of people turning on each other, right? Like mm -hmm. a bunch of the Imperium turning on itself. So it's like you steal a bunch of creatures from everybody else and make them fight them. And then you draw a creature, you, you, know, you draw cards for all of those. You're gaining power from all of these traitors, basically. And yeah. then everybody fucking loses. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's going well. And then, yep. No. <laughs> and nobody wins. <laughs> everybody involved dies. <laughs> yeah, it's yep. good. Which is absolutely wonderful. Um, so yeah, and then I just want to mention the uh, Night Rampager card because holy crap, I love that art so much. Yeah, Night Just, Rampager is good art. Yeah, it's not a great card. It's okay. But I feel like yeah. this was a missed opportunity to be a vehicle, because they are technically. And they were possessed. Nope. They, they have do a have a driver. It's just sometimes that driver is like fused to the biomechanically thing. fused to the inside of the machine, so they can't yeah. really get out. But <laughs> sometimes they can though, it just depends. Yeah. The Imperium ones all can because they're lame. I yeah. is let the galaxy burn the first cascade card with excellence cost i don't know there aren't many cascades so it's a safe bet but i think it's really cool that you can set the cascade value to whatever you can afford and so you can always get something cute you can like just say the next card in your deck comes out no matter mm -hmm. how expensive it is yeah, i really guess cool. i guess there are ways to give things with x in their cost cascade so like that mechanic sure. exists but yeah i think this is the first version of that card Ooh, Herald of Slanesh seems neat. Yeah, that's the one that makes the demons cheaper, right? And yeah. gives them all haste. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculously good. And we all were right. talking about Poxwalkers before. As oh, well, yeah, right? Poxwalkers just, are... They're just going to be a pain in the ass. They're a pain, and I actually think you probably just take them out of this deck. <laughs> like, they're yeah. fine, but they're, they're a zombie, which doesn't really fit the theme, and they are much better in Constructed, which is weird. Or or madness. Or madness, yeah. I could see madness being really good with these. But yeah, I don't think... Poxwalkers are fun, but I think I'd cut them like pretty much instantly if I was improving this deck. Because for three mana, you can do I a lot better. I don't even know where you start improving this deck. I think you have to like pick a theme. You have to pick something, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you either go like Cascade, or you go Spells, or you go Demons. And you have to like choose. I think Spells is the best supported. That's because it's got Magnus in it. Correct. Yeah. yeah, who is also a very cool card that we didn't talk about, but we probably won't because we got to move on. Yeah. He would be he would be a very fun commander for a different deck. Uh huh. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Nids. Uh, this deck is blue, red, and green. And Brett, you want to talk about Ravenous? I do want to talk about Ravenous. So their unique mechanic is Ravenous, which is. So I really wish. All, all X creatures just had Ravenous instead. So the way Ravenous <laughs> works is it says, for whatever value you pay for X, you put that many plus one plus one counters on it. So 
you don't have to keep saying, you know, it comes in with this many plus one plus one counters. It's just they always do that. That's just what it does. And the cool thing is, if you spend a ton on it, if you spend five or more on that X, then you get to draw a card when you, when it enters the battlefield too, which yeah. is always good. Yeah. So so this solves the problem with these big creatures where you're like, all right, I drew one of them. I got this one really big guy. Oh, he died. Well, and the interesting thing is, like, I love that this has got so many X cards in it because you can play them for really cheap early game. We were talking about this earlier, how how absolutely powerful that ability is. And then late game, it's like, all right, I'm paying 15 to make this 1-1 into something humongous. Which I and I like that they don't have to all be zero zeros. Mm -hmm. Some of them are. Yeah. Problem for hydras. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fits Tyranids well, right? Yeah. The idea that they 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 tend to start any given battle kind of weak, but they evolve into more powerful forms as the battle goes on. So mm -hmm. I'd like to point out that the most recent uh, commander deck I made was X cost themed. <laughs> nice. Very nice. So this is the probably undisputedly weakest of the decks because. It's playing a lot of like fair things. I was gonna a, say it seems sense. like it plays very honest, right? It plays creatures that attack. Yeah, but it also has some absolutely <clears throat> absurd cards in it. So let's not discount that. Brett, you want to talk about? Also, Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say it also has the like the the core standard like how do you start building a a green deck? It has you know explore, far seek, rampant growth, yeah. cultivate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only thing you're really missing is like nature or nature's whatever it's called and far and um three visits. Five visits. Oh yeah. However many visits. <laughs> However many visits. Um, you know, and then also throw a Ketria Triome in here and you're pretty pretty much set, honestly. Um so you want to talk about uh Shadow and the Warp because you like this card a lot. What a card. Uh -huh. So first off, my I love Fires of Amaya. It's one one red green that reminds me of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but the way it works is it makes the first creature you cast each turn two cheaper, which does yeah, apply to X spells. Exactly, and two cheaper is a huge amount. <laughs> like normally, this stuff is one. And then whenever their opponent casts their first non-creature spell each turn, mm -hmm. uh, they get two damage. So that doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's very common to well. So like. I put it. I put in the good version of this, or like the positive version of this, where it's like you get to draw a card the first time you cast a spell on your opponent's turn, because you just play a lot of one like cheap instants in command, yeah. and you get three other players' turns in which to take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. and this punishes you so hard for that. Yeah, like if you're it's some kind of reactionary so deck, uh, you're like casting cantrip draw spells on opponent's turns. You're removing things on opponent's turns. You're protecting your own things on opponent's turns. You're doing all kinds of things. It is not that unlikely for this card to do 8 to 10 damage per round every game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, this this card forces your opponents to play fair. Yep, which is really strong. I This is card is one of the ones that I think Wizards is going to have to figure out how to reprint because it's going to be one of the most popular and expensive cards in the set of decks. And it's also probably the easiest one for them to reprint with a magicized version because the warp isn't like a trademarked thing. There's lots of warps and lots of yeah, a little, little too vague of a word to yeah yeah uh, they that that phrase though oh not specifically shadow and the warp is associated with tyranids yes yeah, but just the concept of the the warp as a thing that you could play around with that but yeah 
So, and, and what Wizards typically does when they do crossovers like this is they'll reprint the card with as close to the original name as possible and change everything that they need to to Wizards and then just have the rule, this counts they, as this card. Have they ever done that? I mean, yep, there's been one for one of the Walking Dead things from the Secret Lair drop. Um, and yeah, so there's the precedent. Not, and, not the one we needed. <laughs> and then Morrow's gone on record talking about how they might do that for a couple of these cards. So Shadow of the Warp could be something like... You know, perils or like danger in danger in the warp or something like that, or some you know. Some... Yeah, I was gonna say pe- perils in the warp is just it's yeah, just no. mixing two trademark phrases. Yeah. Like yeah. Per- peril in the multiverse or shadow in the multiverse or something like that could just be like easily yeah, easily like swapped over. Um, uh, I, yeah, you just put an Eldrazi in there, and it's just cool. yeah, just yeah, just done. <laughs> shadow in the multiverse, like an Eldrazi with with Nicol Bolas behind them, and just be like, all right, we've covered all our bases. Every bad guy in Magic. <laughs> um, or or anything Phyrexian that would work too. Actually, Phyrexia and Tyranids is a really interesting like parallel. But um, not Necrons. Uh, they're kind of both, but they feel more they feel more Tyranid to me because they like you know Tyranids come into a place and they start bio changing everything to feed themselves. That's kind of what the Phyrexians do too. They like complete I stuff. Necrons that too. No, you're right. No, I don't think it's Necrons. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're thinking of Phyrexia. Anyway, I want to talk about... um, Where are you, you little bugger? Uh, While you're saying that, Gene Stealer Locus is going to be the most underrated card. You do not understand how irritating it is to get minus one, minus out everything until you play against it. Hmm? Yeah, that's really good. Uh, You're going to see this in decks. Um, So this is a card that's an enchantment. It basically gives anything that attacks you... Minus one power. You're going to see uh, this in a de- creature. Creature, yeah. Creature. Um, oh, it, it also creature. gives Sorry. Plus, one, plus one toughness to people who attack your opponents. <laughs> yep. So you're going to see this in decks with like propaganda and. Um, the, I love that they're called, they're called Pillow Fort decks. Yeah, Pillow Fort decks. That's such a great name for it. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of ways to make it hard for your opponents <laughs> is, to attack you. That is very funny. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that'll see some play there. I wanted to talk about. The other, uh, Meg is Lucia Kane because she is sick. So yeah. she's weird because she costs four mana and she's a one one. That's weird. She's a human and a Tyranid and a wizard. Uh, wizard is a good tribe to be part of, especially in these colors for like spells and stuff. Um, so that's that's potential there. Every turn she gets to put a plus one plus one counter on a creature, which is very strong. And then we also, we saw that on we saw that on a creature in standard, and that thing was insane. Yeah, Luminarch Ascended. No, no. It's, yeah, one know. white and one for a 1-1 one, one that does that. It's very, very strong. Um, and then she also has the tap ability to add two colorless mana to your mana pool, just, like, unrestricted, which is wild. Like, normally things like that are, like, restrict this. Um, and then when you next cast a spell with X in its mana cost or activate an ability with X in its activation, copy the spell or the ability, which is silly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it triggers Ravenous twice. seems pretty silly. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so you get to do some really fun things. Like, I think this deck could easily pivot to be, like, a blend of creatures and X spells. They've got a couple X spells in here already, but, like, more X spells. Um, and she would be a fantastic commander for that. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, I bet they're really mad that they made the joke name with Elementalist Palette. Like, oh, if we'd done a serious name, we could put it in here. Yeah, right? That would be... It, it's a it's a mana-producing artifact that... Uh, gets more and more mana production the more x cost spells you cast yeah um 
I think, like, Old One-Eye is a good creature, but I don't think he's that interesting. He's basically just a recurring beat stick. Um, I do really like the Swarm Lord. I think he's a fascinating commander. Um, and you're probably not going to swap him out at all. So he's, I like that he, his, power is, his power and toughness are always equal to how much mana you cost for, cast for him. Uh, minus how one. How cute is that? It's... Mana mana you nope. cast minus one because he's a five six, five, oh, six, six and five five. Well, yeah. Six, six. yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, so he's six for a five five, as mentioned. Uh, whenever you cast him, he gets two plus one plus one counters for each time you cast him from your command zone, which means that he's just gonna like that's actually really cool because normally it feels real bad to cast your commander late game, but now you're like, all right, well, he costs 10 and he's a nine nine. I guess I accept this. Mm-hmm. But fun fact does not mm-hmm. say cast him from the command zone. That's true. So if he is in hmm. someone else's deck, if and you, yeah, if he's not he can, your commander, yeah, he can come out like it's like a twenty twenty for or a twenty one twenty one for six. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick, actually. <laughs> um, and then whenever a creature with a counter on it dies that you control, you get to draw a card, which is a very, very powerful rule. Um, yeah, especially when you start doing shield. Oh no, shield tokens would never work. Never mind. Yeah, because they're they're not dying then. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting because this deck is all about X costs that are counters. Um, and I just think it's going to be a really interesting deck. It's got a lot of weird synergies with plus one, plus one counters on them, which is fantastic. It's got a lot of really cool new kind of like, this feels a little bit like slivers to me, except for none of the things are type locked. Like if you look at the Red Terror, um, it says whenever a red source you control deals damage to one or more permanents put plus one plus encounter on him right there's like a whole lot of things that are like this triggers off other th- stuff in my deck doing things but they're not type locked to tyranids right mm-hmm. which i think is really really cool um also where did you go oh i just want to briefly mention that i think toxicrine is gonna be a really interesting card to have access to for green uh it's a three and a green for uh reach death touch two four it also has this ability that says all lands have tap at one minute of any color and then lose all other abilities, which is like maybe a buff for some of your opponents, but for some of your opponents, it's going to wreck some of their plans, which is always a weird place to be because there's a lot of lands that do interesting and strong things. Um, anything else we want to talk about in this deck? Biotitan's big. <laughs> Biotitan is very big. I think it's that's... big numbers on his card, and I think that's neat. <laughs> he... I like that there's a card called Gigantosaurus. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there is, and it's wonderful. <laughs> cool. He should be in this deck. He sh- never be able to cast it. should be in this deck, <laughs> but yeah, you wouldn't be able to. Um, yeah. So, uh, overall... I think that the combination of Wizards and Games Workshops has done an absolutely remarkable, like, unprecedentedly level of good job translating the lore and the feel of Warhammer things to a mechanically interesting set of cards and doing it in a cohesive way across four decks that are also the best commander decks that Wizards has ever produced. Um, I mean, Wizards has to have the best design team in the physical game market period that's probably true yep i don't think that would be easily disputed 
And when you pair that up with the incredible amount of lore and uh, sort of like native uh, ripe ideas for mechanics that they haven't explored yet, you get these remarkable things. And in the last like five years, they've really focused on on limited formats, feeling good and like getting flavor across in mechanics. So Mm -hmm. that's really come together here. Yeah, 100 percent. It gives me huge hope for the Lord of the Rings set that's coming next year. Actually, I've been very, very like about that. I have to buy boosters for it, though. Eh, buy singles. (laughs) Um, But, you know, seeing how fantastically this turned out, I'm suddenly kind of optimistic about it, to be honest. Like I have I have high hopes and I I really think that this is going to be a fascinating like design case study for years to come back and look Mm -hmm. at this and go well how did they translate that like what was going through their head and i i would be i would be sad if they don't release more design articles because they have been doing that quite a bit lately like this is what we were thinking when we did this and this is how we came up with these things i'd like to see some more of that because it's it's absolutely fascinating stuff don't know if they can do it for here because there's probably a lot of like talking with other companies that's fair but like you know they had a dominaria yeah dominaria would be cool um but you know they actually mentioned that they had like a cup several other decks that they thought about building and then didn't so maybe there'll be another crossover sometime especially because this seems to be selling super well so i mean and it's weird that tyranids and necrons made the made the cut right over like like they're not eldar or orcs or not seeing orcs does surprise me Right. Or Eldar. Yeah, God, well, yeah, Eldar but that would be fascinating. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, what would an orc deck look like? Orc deck would be red green, baby. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, Eldar, though. I think Eldar would be. What Eldar? I mean, blue, blue, white, black, probably. White, black. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they so yeah. so how the Imperium is all like aristocrats. Eh, <laughs> no. Not even that. They'd be like blink counter magic um, evasion. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I mean, why, had, I think yeah. why they didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out guys because it's the deck yeah. that i would want yes oh no am i the am i the brett of magic for us yes you're the brett of magic oh no i'm like x cost spells go 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 were and cycling is fun you're like i'm gonna fucking counter everything you play <laughs> or steal it I just want That's to draw worse. cards and steal your things, okay? That's all so, I want. So here are the things that piss people off the most. In oh, I know. I know. I'm aware. Taking their stuff. Uh-huh. Countering their stuff. Uh-huh. End of list. Uh, No, no, no. Killing their stuff also. I guess. I, I should also say uh, preventing their stuff from untapping. Mm, okay. Nope. See, all of those things sound like things I just want to do all the time. <laughs> Brett, I learned how to play Magic when I was five against Mono Blue Control Legacy decks. Mm-hmm. It d- deeply shaped who I am as a person, and that's not necessarily a good thing. I just, I just want to play cards that make weird shit happen, which is why I do like this Cascade thing. Well, that's just that's how you play all. I'm cards. gonna cast a spell, and weird shit's gonna happen. Let's. I don't even know what it's gonna be. See, find out together see chandler the difference between me and you is that i would know what it was going to be because i'd build the deck to like let me know what's going to be on top so there was a there's a recent article on edh rec about um high variance in uh, in multiplayer formats mm-hmm. and it basically it, he ended up building a cascade deck and saying look 
this deck's going to do basically nothing, like, t- you know, two or three games out of out of ten. But then the remainder one's going to like vomit out twenty creatures. <laughs> yeah, so that's the shit I like. I build yeah. for like synergies that are like eventually. Okay. Eventually. Well, I'll, you know, I'll run that by my wife, see if I can build that Cascade deck, and then say, oh no, it's for Chandler. I'm just holding it for a friend. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah just of... buy an entire sick commander deck and then send it to me and see the cost. It, It'll be good. It's not that expensive, except for uh, uh, the Henge. Oh, the Great Henge. The Henge. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an absurd artifact. It's really good. I have one in my Dragon deck. Tap, all right tap, tap. i think that's about all we got if you've if you've ever thought about getting into commander this is the best place to do it in my opinion if you like 40k and you've not played magic this is the best place to get into magic if you play magic and you've been curious about 40k this is a great place to, to get a feel for the flavor of that universe um so this is the this is the first 40k product i've bought in over a decade that is the most gigantic endorsement that you're probably going to get <laughs> good times Yep. Cool. Well, with all that, uh, we're going to close out. So we're going to give big thanks to everybody's supports us on Patreon. It's your fault we talked about this. Yep. So there thanks we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we get a lot of really awesome topic suggestions and stuff. You get the ability to get in, suggest some topics, vote on topics, things like that, as well as early access to the podcasts, fun, colorful names in our Discord, as well as some other things in some more of the more niche tiers as you go further up there. Go check that out. It's patreon.com slash Wargaming. And uh, yeah, it's good. Go look at it. I'm tired. It's late. Uh, you can go to our Facebook, which is Line of Sight. See all the stuff that we got going on on there. You can also go to our website, which is lineofsightwargaming.com. We've got articles going up on there pretty much every day these days. It's a lot. Uh, and you can go to our show notes. We're able to find a link to our Discord where you can go check out your fancy new colored name for being a patron because you're awesome. Uh, or just chat about games and stuff. There's lots of really great stuff going on on there all the time. Uh, that's what I got. Woo. We did it. Go team. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.